Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you walked in joining us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in via the podcast around the world. We appreciate you all being with us as well. If you all are still making your summer reading list, I think our next guest has a book you want to add to it. We're excited to welcome author May Cobb to our broadcast. Her new book is called A Likeable Woman. This book is great. We're going to talk to May not only about the writing of the book, but also what it's like for her to bring these characters and situations to life. And, of course, we'll let you guys know how to get your own copy of it. May, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on, Cyrus. Let the pleasure self be all mine. So I'm excited to speak with you. I enjoyed this book. It really does draw you in from the very beginning. What has it been like for you, May, to see the early response to A Likeable Woman? Thank you for the compliment, and I'm glad it it drew, it drew you in. Um, it's been amazing, actually. You know, you just you you kind of pour yourself into a book and you put it out there, and you, you never know how people are gonna take to it. But I've been really pleased with um, like um, it's going to be included uh, in in Oprah Daily put it on their like summer reading list, and it's going to be in the Oprah Print Magazine, which is just uh, like a first for me. And um, yeah. And it was in the New York Post over the weekend and Dallas Morning News. So I'm just I'm kind of just astounded and grateful. Right. And and I think the thing about you may and I thought about this when I was prepping for this segment is that you are a person that seems to be really into the work more so than the reward. There are some people who who want to do something because of what they think they're gonna get out of it. What is it been like for you to have rewarded your actual passion for storytelling? That is such a, a nice compliment. I really appreciate it. It it really is um, – writing is kind of like a compulsion for me. I find that if I'm not working on a story, it's uh, I'm not a very balanced person. So for some reason, I have to be writing to be happy and balanced, and I – I feel like I have, you know, a lot of stories to tell, a lot of stories I want to tell, both fiction and nonfiction, and it it really is just a true passion for me. So it is kind of its own reward getting to just do the work itself. And uh, I gave you the compliment, rightly so, maybe because this book, and, and I think people will say it of your other work as well, you can tell this is a book that you spent time with, that you really got got a chance to know these characters and know the situations and it's it's written in such a way that the way it unfolds some things you just don't see coming so talk to us about how a likable woman began i know the main character is kira and we kind of are able to take this journey along with her and the different things going on with her life uh but how did the story initially start for you yes and you mean like the creative part of it right exactly yes um so yeah, I I was wanting to do my previous two thrillers are there, you know, a little bit or maybe a lot more salacious and women behaving very badly and while there's some of that element in this um because it's set in East Texas which is a very lively place, um I wanted to challenge myself to write more of like a traditional thriller in the vein of like Agatha Christie where there's like a closed circle mystery 
set, you know, in one certain place over a weekend. And then you have like a finite number of suspects. So I wanted to have that sort of more traditional framework and challenge myself and see if I could pull it off. But really what came first was it was during the pandemic and my family and I had moved to California and it didn't work out and we were driving across the desert and I know everyone went through a hard time during the pandemic and and I did as a writer and I had been in my own sort of desert and then I heard the voice of Sadie, which is the, you know, the mother character of this book, which forms the second half of the narrative and her voice was so clear that when we got to our you know, stop for the night in New Mexico, I found myself just writing what she was telling me. And I was so so happy to be out of that desert and back into a story. And um, and I just trusted that. And then I realized, okay, I want Sadie's part to be a memoir that she left behind. And once I figured that mm-hmm. out, the rest of it kind of came together for me. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And I was going to ask you about that as well, because it, it is interesting, especially because of the way the book is is written, made where we're able to kind of get an idea of what Kira is dealing with, but also to actually hear it from, from Sadie in her own voice for sure. I, I love the fact, and especially I've made a note of it in Chapter 35 and in Sadie's chapter, basically starting, I want you to know my story. Talk to us about that, what that's been like for you to embrace the gift of telling the stories of these characters. Wow, yeah. So Sadie, the character, is, this this book was pretty personal for me. Um, Sadie is actually loosely based on my own mother, and mm. my mother was um, – she's, she's still with us and everything, but she – we lived in a small town in East Texas when I was growing up, and she was very much an artist at heart, but she was a busy mother of three rowdy girls, and then she became like my parents got divorced, and she became like a you know, single working mom, but she would still find ways to squeeze art into her life where she could. You know, she, Like Sadie, she made these boutiques, and she would set up like little stations either in the garage or the laundry room or just wherever she could, and that was – really inspirational for me and I kind of wanted you know to base Sadie off of her as this woman who she's happy to be a mother she loves her children but she really wanted to go to college in New York and her life kind of took a turn and she found herself stepping into a more traditional mold so it was it was kind of chilling for me to write her part of the story because you know she's gone and and yet she's sort of addressing her daughter across the boundary of time Right. And I think as we're able to read the book, we're able to see that there are definitely things that Kira is dealing with. What I thought was interesting, and I'll talk around this, May, is that not only dealing with um, the still, of course, her mother's death and the impact of that and the unknown of that, but also her own place. There's that great conversation you have where, you know, it's, you know, she's, you know, getting the questions about life and, you know, in Los Angeles and pictures of Keanu Reeves that, you know, most people would love to have, <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and I think, you know, that that is, you know, something that, you know, you could tell that there is an awkwardness there. Talk to us about the whole idea of going back, because I think I love this being part of the story of, you know, as much as we try to outrun whatever it is or wherever it is that we may have had trauma, that there, you know, 
it, the time comes when you have to face it. What was it like for you to kind of deal with that with Kira, that no matter how far she went, no matter who she met or had a picture with, that she still had things to contend with in her life? I love this question, and that it's such a thoughtful question. I feel like for Kira, um, her big sort of like journey or character arc that I kind of came to understand through the writing of this book was that, yes, she lives in L.A. and outwardly and on Instagram, <laughs> it looks like she's <laughs> living this sort of glamorous life, whereas in fact her life is stalled out and frozen, and she comes to realize that she's been carrying this survivor skill. So she's she's working like a dead-end job, and she hasn't picked her paintbrush up, you know, since – in in a long time and she's stuck and and it's because her mother was about to have her first art showing at the time of her you know right before right after she died she was going to have her first art showing so there's part of Kira that is completely frozen in time and she's carrying survivor's guilt of her mom never being able to realize her dream and so going back home is sort of facing that and and that's kind of why her grandmother beckons her back because you know um, and I don't want to give too much away, but she, um, yes, yeah, she does. She has to face that really big thing inside of her that, you know, that sort of got stuck when she was um, a teenager and her mom, everyone said, committed suicide. Yeah. And to that point, again, I'll talk around this. I want to talk about Jack in this book a bit. But I will say first, for those who are just tuning in, it's on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. And I told you guys when we began this segment that if you have not added a likable woman to your summer reading list, now you see why you have to. We're speaking with the author, May Cobb, today about the book, about the characters. So, of course, we want you guys to head over to Amazon or your favorite local bookstore and get it for yourself. We're going to also let you guys know how to stay connected with May, so stay tuned for that. There's an interesting conversation that takes place with Jack in the book, between Jack and Kira, uh, made where Kira's finally able to say out loud what she's always thought um, or wondered about, and I'll leave it at that so I don't spoil anything either, about what she thinks sure. happened or may have happened with her mother and talking to yeah. Jack about it. That is not an easy revelation. I think, again, when I got to that part, I thought, you know, there are so many of us who know what it's like to when you're you know, facing the world, you want to think the best of situations. You don't want to think bad things about people that you love. But then, of course, that nagging feeling. Talk to us about what that was like for you to kind of have her have this feeling, kind of thinking about the dynamics of her her family life, and then being able to talk to Jack about what she thought may have happened or, or could have happened. Yeah, I think it was really um, kind of cathartic for her, and probably I would also say, you know, comforting to be able to talk to her one and only person who's a true ally because, you know, let's face it, everyone else there really isn't her true friend. It's kind of like stepping back into the lion's den, but Jack is her childhood crush, and she's kind of like still her crush, and is the only person there that she really trusts. It's sort of like, you know, simpatico with her. And so I think it, it is, it's like a lot to unload. And then also, you know, it also lightens her load because she's able to actually, like you said, you know, speak these things out loud. Yeah. Um, we see really, Kira, I'll say this too, uh, 
and I love this fact. As 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 you were talking about, it, I thought it was interesting hearing you talk about where she was coming before coming home. It's interesting, kind of seeing her grow into herself. It seems like right that it, throughout this book, as she is learning, she's also growing and releasing. So, what was it like for you to see her own transformation in this book? Yeah, it was. It really was – this book was a lot of method acting for me, not that I went through something like this, but just on an emotional level. I'm very close to my mom, and I kept asking myself, what if something like this had happened to her? Right. You know, How would you feel? And I just – I really tried to go there, and it was um, it was rewarding to see Kira grow and change and transform. And it was, it's my most emotional book. And when I wrote, you know, when I typed the end, I actually wept. And that's never, ever happened oh, wow. to me before. I'm writing thrillers. I'm not supposed to be crying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I was just relieved that I met my deadline. I don't know. But <laughs> right. I love that. May, have you had, have you had a chance to, and this is our first time having a conversation like this uh, for the show, but uh, have you had a chance to kind of sit with your own success? I mean, you were ticking off some of the things, even in the beginning of this conversation with the likable woman that are happening. Have you had a chance to kind of step back and take a look at the road here? I really haven't until very recently because it all did. I had been trying to get published for uh, over 20 years, and when it happened, it happened quickly, and then I'm writing a book a year. So it's easy to sort of think about the the milestones you haven't met yet and stay fixated on those. But I got to tell you, when I, I went back to New York City recently to go to Thriller Fest, and I was completely overcome because here I am taking an Uber, you know, nothing extravagant, but in going to this conference and living my dream. And I can remember 20 years ago going to New York to do research for this nonfiction book I'm still working on and, you know, barely having bus fare to get back to New Jersey. And just, just, I was really overwhelmed with, okay, May, you have, you've, you've kind of like been on this journey and you've you've gotten somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. So it was pretty emotional. Um, yeah, but it's you and know we're the, always chasing the next thing. So like, right, right. I'm trying and, to uh, pause and say, oh wow, look, look, you never thought this would happen. Like, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, and I was just gonna say, and you've been able to pick up readers along the way as well. Uh, talk to us about that because I mean, you like the rest of us, like Kira. You're you're on social. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. so you're, you know, you're a part of that world too. So you're able to enjoy the world online and offline. What has that been like for you to see the way that I mean, you really have built up this tribe that kind of follows you along the way. That's completely gratifying. It's it's because you just never know if it's you know the last book and the last time someone's going to say I'm putting this down. I'm not going to read her again. So it's nice to have people come back and say oh, I want my next May Cobb summer thriller. And then, you know, I really hope that once I do get my nonfiction book, which is really my heart and soul and passion, I that I'll have more readers for that. And I'll be in a – have a bigger platform um, because I've, you know, uh, been told it's not that marketable and different things, and I don't believe that. So I'm, I'm – all of it really motivates me, and I'm, I'm I'm enjoying connecting with readers. It's one of my very favorite things, and bookstagrammers, and it's just it's a whole very uplifting, wonderful community. 
Well, I know the community will continue to grow, May, and I'm so glad we had a chance to talk about the new book and all the success it's getting. Again, everyone, May Cobb has been our guest. A Likeable Woman is the new book. As I mentioned, you all can get it through your friends at Amazon.com or, of course, through your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, I know they'd be more than happy to place an order for you. And May, what about yourself? How can our audience stay connected with you? Yes, um, the one-stop shop for me is my website, and it's um, www.maycobb.com, and there you can connect with you know the social accounts, and then like you can find my books, and that's really the best way. All right. Well, May, congratulations again. Thank you again for stopping by the show. I really appreciate that, and looking forward to speaking with you again. Thank you so much, Cyrus. Have a great day. You as well. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live, both for our radio audience here at WYAD 94.1 FM, as well as our online audience. Appreciate you all being with us as well. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care. <music>